Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I am your host, Adam Wright, with no other co-host. Nobody else was available. No CJ tonight. No Justin Tucker tonight. No Nick Carlson tonight. No Jay Hill. It's just me, but I'm making it up for you guys. I have not one, but two special guests. One of them for those for those of you OGs out there, you guys know him too well. Give it up for Robert Shelley, host of the Pesky Poll podcast, and we also have Max Cates, host of is it Euro the Eurostep podcast? What, Eurostep what, hoops. Eurostep hoops. It is Eurostep hoops. So I'll start with Robert. A lot of you, a lot of people know you on this show, but for those of the, for those who are just tuning in for the first time, why don't you reintroduce yourself? Yo, what's up, guys? My name is Robert Shelley. The only reason you don't see me on here more is because Adam is afraid of me taking his spotlight, as always. But I am the host. I am the host of the Pesky Poll Podcast, the greatest Red Sox podcast out there. Screw Gone Bridge Podcast. But other than that, great to be on. Talk a little bit about the football, even though we're in the offseason. All right, awesome. Nice to have you on. Uh, Max, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. My name is Max Cates. I've known Adam for less than a year. We're both sports broadcasting majors at Dean, and I have my own podcast. I run the Eurostep Hoops podcast, talk about the NBA, talk about all sorts of basketball topics. Happy to be here. Absolutely, man. It's great. You've known me for less than a year, and you already know I'm a little bit of an asshole, but we fig- we're figuring it out. Um, so, uh, Max isn't the biggest NFL guy, but he's a huge NBA guy. Um, I, I offered for him to stay for the whole show, but doesn't, isn't too, isn't too comfortable with his knowledge on the NFL. He's learning. Um, but he is a big time NBA guy, as I mentioned, and we're going to start with his segment. He's just going to be here for that. And we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. So what do you have on the NBA max? So with the playoffs, as a Celtics fan, I am beginning to brace myself with how the Celtics will show up in Milwaukee. We played absolutely terrible game one. We settled for so many jump shots. Our start, our double J's, Jason and Jalen, they couldn't buy a bucket even, even if God let them, let's say. And game two, here we come, guns blazing. Giannis has four points at the end of halftime and Grant Williams is turning into prime Reggie Miller in the flesh. It's absolutely incredible watching the Celtics game too. However, it's it's not going to be a fun series in Milwaukee. We know how rowdy the crowd is. We know how they get their stuff done. They do not have the Celtic killer in Middleton, but here comes Javon Carter out of nowhere, suddenly turning into one of their best players. And I'm just like, what, what is this? So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts and how the Celtics could go on the games. What are your thoughts? Okay. Adam, if you wouldn't mind. Yep. First of all, did you see how the Celtics casually, and I mean casually, bent over Brooklyn? Right? Giannis is Giannis. He's going to have the occasional 40-point game. There is no denying that. There is no stopping that. I would say put Marcus Smart on him, but Marcus Smart has about nine-inch difference between him and Giannis, so that's not an option. With Middleton out, it makes this series so much more 
easy to win because Middleton, like you said, Celtics killer anytime. I mean, wait, he, I want to say it was 2017 game one versus the Celtics. I already know the shot you're talking about. 24 I, seconds. My man did not care. I was Celtic killer. I was sick to my stomach when I saw that. It was 2018. Sorry, 2018. Because I remember I was, that was my freshman year at college. But either way, no Middleton. But what you're talking about between Jalen and Jason not buying the bucket, that has happened in only one of six games in the playoffs. The other games, either one or both of them have been going off. When J- um, Jason Tatum fouls out, Jalen Brown says, give me the keys. I'm ready to drive this. Right? We have two preliminary scores. Giannis can only defend one. Giannis is an all-NBA defender. Giannis is one of the best all-around talents in the NBA right now. But he can only defend one. You know, Drew Holiday isn't big enough to defend um, Jalen Brown. And as you're right, Javon Carter has been killing it. But Javon Carter has been like really underrated throughout his career, being in Memphis for a little bit, then going to Phoenix and being on that final run. Huge, huge factor off the bench for them. And now he's in Milwaukee doing the same thing. So I still see the Celtics winning this series in six. If Middleton was here, Celtics in seven. But Celtics in six, we win one or two on the road. Good point. See, when this series first started on game one, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. They they were trying – it's like they were trying so hard to shut down Giannis that the team forgot how to shoot. And their, your lead, your, one of your lead scorers in Jalen Brown scored – only turned in 12 points. Tatum – Tatum put up 21 points, but he was inefficient. The whole team was inefficient shooting. And you looked at it, you're like, oh, God, is this really what's going what's gonna to happen? You know, on, on the big stage, your two superstars turn, it, uh, turn into pumpkins. And then they came out the next game, guns blazing, as Max put it, and the team absolutely killed the Bucks. And the way I saw it – um. This is I, I I'm not I'm not as worried about going into into Milwaukee as Max is. I think that and if you look at if you look at it over the course of this season, the uh the the Milwaukee's actually terrible on the road or ex- excuse me at at home. They're they're a home choking team. They're barely above 500. And you put you put that on top of being the being the lower seed and this just spells disaster for Milwaukee. I think the I think the Celtics take a couple of these games on the road. They come back and they win this. They win the whole series um, in Boston, and that's going to be the way it works. Uh, I'm not too I'm not too worried anymore. Seeing that defensive outing, that whole team can play defense, top to bottom. Grant Williams can, has got even even given his size can defend. And I didn't you look talk at, about him. That man exactly. was a meme last I, I year remember, and then got I, pissed I, off. Yeah, he, remember, and he pissed, yeah. Yeah, I remember quite a while ago during the Brooklyn series, I talked about Grant Williams. I, I, I talked to my co-host, Armand from Latvia, all the time about the Celtics. If Grant Williams, right, if he can get it going on defense, if he just gets it, knows what to do, Boston has a cheat code in their hands. We call him Mr. 45%. Because he hits 45% of his threes. I he thought you were going to say we call him that because it took him 45 tries to get his first three-pointer in the NBA. But <laughs> There's that, too. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 rem- I, w- I remember we had Jabari Parker when we oh. early on. Remember, his first shot was an air ball three-pointer. And I'm like, this is what the Celtics has come to now. We've yep. got a 40-year-old Joe Johnson. 
We picked up. That was amazing. Don't even start with Jabari that. Parker. Luke Cornett, we even picked the up. The unicorn. Don't disrespect. Don't, I saw him play in Denver. He had two points. He was a goon. Hey, don't disrespect budget Kristaps Porzingis playing on the Xbox 360, okay? <laughs> don't 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 get me started on Luke Cornett. Don't even get me started with Abdul Nader either. I remember the Celtics oh. down years. Abdul Nader bricking four free throws in a row. Yeah. Do you remember the name RJ Hunter? Remember the name Gershon Yabusele? Remember Shemi oh, Ojale? That's the Giannis stopper. We don't talk about Gershon. No, hey, that was Semi. That was I'm sorry. That was Semi Ojale. Our Giannis stopper is Horford. But the one thing I remember with Gershon was the three-pointer celebration with the bone arrow dab three-pointer. Yep, yeah. you already know. But we've, uh, we've seen some the, stuff with Celtics fans. We've but seen the, but it all. <laughs> I know. But back with the Buck series, I think it's going to be a vastly different series. We can look at, and a sole reason is the guard position in Brooklyn. Goran Dragic, Patty Mills, six-foot guards, Kyrie Irving. Six-foot guards who aren't as physical as our lanky, slightly oversized guards with Jason, Jalen, DPOY, Marcus Smart. Even Peyton Pritchard puts in a decent ship with his stocky size. The guards and the Celtics can do a great job shutting him down. It's just stopping Giannis. But what the Celtics have done excellent in is whenever he drives, everybody swarms in the paint. Make everybody else beat you. And I will gladly leave Drew Holiday open for a three rather than have Giannis one-on-one people in the rim barreling, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'd rather leave Brooke Lopez open for three instead of Drew Holiday, but point still stands. Yeah, certainly. Um, but looking looking past this, dare I say, if I were to look past this Buck series and look at this pl- the pl- the NBA playoffs in general, uh, regarding the Celtics, what what do you guys think of their chances going uh, go, going past if they get if they well, I'm going to play the if game if they get past uh, the the Buck the uh, the Bucks. This is their finals matchup. This is their match to get into the finals. The Philadelphia 76ers aren't doing anything without Joel Embiid. They're not getting past Miami without Joel Embiid. Celtics lost to Miami last year. They're pissed that they lost to Miami. They're going to come out with a vengeance. They're going to make sure Jimmy Butler can't do nothing. Tyler Hero is going to be the X factor, but that series is still probably going to go 4-1 Celtics. On the other side, the Warriors are giving the – well, the Mavs are giving the Warriors some trouble. No. It's Mavs and... You mean Grizzlies Warriors, right? Grizzlies Warriors, yeah. And the Grizzlies Mavs are giving the Warriors some trouble, and the Mavs are giving the Suns a little bit of trouble, but I still see it being the Celtics-Warriors finals. As much as I'd hate to say it, I'm going to give the Warriors in seven. That's a good point. Uh, Adam, any thoughts? I don't know, man. I'm I The way I see it with the with the Golden State Warriors, they're, they're, uh, they're golden days if you will, no pun intended, are kind of, are kind of behind them. They are a team that has turned, that has, they've gotten healthy after being, after being hurt for a few years, they've, they've gone back to to championship contention, but no Kevin Durant now. And this is a, this is a, this is a Warriors team that even at their peak, the the Celtics during the regular season would always give Golden State problems, always. And you had the likes of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson always struggling. Kevin Durant, every time you looked up, would always get his get uh, pickpocketed by Jalen, the Jalen Browns and Marcus Smarts of the world, who are still on the team now. And now I look at it, 
I just, I'm just not, am I wrong for not being afraid of the Phoenixes and Golden States of the world? I'm just not that. I think this, this Celtics team is on a mission and they're not, they're not going to stop with the likes of the, of any of these, these, uh, these Western conference teams. I just don't, I'm just not too afraid of them. And maybe it'll come back and bite me in the ass, but I just, I just don't think so. You're talking regular season though. Yeah. They don't have Kevin Durant anymore, obviously, but with a starting five of Curry, Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, and Draymond, that starting five is deadly. I mean, they had Gary Payton too, but Gary Payton's not, uh, he just was out for three weeks. Thanks, Dylan yeah, the, Brooks. Yeah, that was such a scumbag play. You'd expect somebody like Grayson Allen to be making that play, but anyway, you're talking regular season. Stephen Curry, win or lose, is averaging 37 points in the finals. Clay Thompson is going to average 24. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins are probably going to average 18 each, and Draymond Green's going to have three steals a game and probably two blocks. They're yep. such an all-around unit that it's going to take everybody on the Celtics to be locked in. Even Grant Williams probably shooting forty five percent from three to be able to get this team down. But that's they what I'm saying. They, they have more depth and more star power than us. Depth offensively, but defensively, everybody can defend on the Celtics. And True. defense defense really matters when it comes to not only the not only racking up wins and getting a getting a high seed, but also when it comes to the playoffs and being able to lock down those star players, top to bottom, even your stars. Jason Tatum's a good defender now. Jalen Brown is still elite. Marcus Smart was defensive player of the year. It's just you look at you look top to bottom, this team can play. And I think that's going to but, matter. But the Celtic strategy for these first two rounds is make your star basically out of the game and make everyone else beat us. How are you gonna do that with the Warriors? You double team Curry, okay. Thompson's wide open in the corner. You double team, you know, you leave Thompson guarded. Oh, Jordan Poole's wide open for three. There's just too many people on that team. We're able to shoot and create offensive opportunities for themselves that we can't go to this other strategy. The Celtics need to be able to body these guys one-on-one, and I just think they're too good offensively for that to happen. So I what, think, if, yeah. excuse, what if you prioritized, and we're playing way too much ahead because there's, we don't know who's going to win this series. Knock, not, let's knock on wood before we continue on this as a few Celtics fans, but looking at, let's say you prioritize Curry and Thompson and then make Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins beat you. Do you think they, do you think the Cel- do you think the Celtics win the series? Andrew Wiggins was an all-star for a reason. Jordan Poole is averaging 20 plus points per game in his first playoff series after playing in the G league last year. Mm-hmm. He is, you can argue that he has been the second best player offensively on the Warriors with Thompson coming back from injury, yeah. Yeah, Thompson came back from the ACL injury, and he turned into Game 6 Clay Thompson just recently, hit a game winner. Toaster, Clay. I know. But the weird, the thing with this Warriors roster is, is that they thrive off of those double teams. You see all those plays that they do where Draymond gets the ball on the foul line after a double team, gets a layup, or he throws a lob weak side. And the thing with the Celtics, right, I remember we talked about the defense of the Celtics, why have not? Why have we not talked about Al Horford? Al yeah. Horford is the Embiid stopper, the Giannis stopper. He is like Lance Stevenson on the Pacers. Lance Stevenson turned into dog water with Charlotte. Turned into dog water with every other team. LA, Robert Williams too. We haven't mentioned well, him Lance either. Lance will make him dance on the Pacers, and it's like Horford and Tice with the Celtics. They just. 100%. 
they just turn into the players that were supposed to go into the finals and the, the bubble. Goons. I still have PTSD from Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo, okay? I still have PTSD from the Bam block. But oh. the, you can argue, all right? I don't know if this is a hot take, but you can argue that this Warriors team is just as good talented on paper as their first championship team. Think about it. 3 and D athletic wing with Wiggins compared to Barnes. They have centers who know how to do their job with potentially Wiseman. I, I thought the Warriors had a win-win situation early on in the season with Wiseman. Rookie out for the year, second-round pick a center. I thought they were going to trade for potentially Gobert or Siakam halfway through the year. But now they get to keep Wiseman for the future, and he is a solid piece. And with the Warriors, I think they'll have a great matchup with the Suns. The Suns are here on a mission, remember. They mm -hmm. lost versus Milwaukee in the finals. Chris Paul had a perfect game, 14 out of 14, and he is cooking everybody. The Fiend, In my opinion, the Suns are the team to beat in the West. Devin Booker, incredible. Everybody is on a mission, just like the Celtics. And what really gets these championship contending teams, the role players. The role players need to step up and do what they're elite at perfectly. And that's where we see the Suns, we see the Warriors, we see the Celtics and the Bucks, even the Heat. Those are some of the teams that you can argue are the already upper echelon of the playoffs. They're up there in seed in seeding for a reason, certainly. Mm -hmm. And I just want to touch back on uh, we we don't have too much time left, but I want to touch back on the Golden State Warriors. Looking at Jordan Poole, looking at uh, Andrew Wiggins, these are two players who one of them you mentioned was even in the G League before, and the other the other Andrew Wiggins hasn't really doesn't really have too much. He's always been able to rack up the points per game, but if you look at if you give it the eye test, this is the this is the only year when he's been a legitimate all-star. And um I just look at that and if we if we prioritize getting the guys who've been there first, you get Clay Thompson, you get Steph Curry first, you clamp those guys down, the guys who've been there, and then you make you make Jordan Poole beat you, you make Andrew Wiggins beat you. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins was an was an all-star for a reason. And yes, Jordan Poole was the, arguably the second best player on that on in that offense. However, they this is this is really when they have sort of just sprouted. They just came out. So, you look at it that way, you kind of beat them with the experience. J Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have already been there. Not not in the, not in the not in the uh <clears throat> Excuse me, not in, not in the NBA Finals, but they've been deep in the pl in playoff runs before. Andrew Wiggins has not. Jordan Poole has not. So I think you could you could beat them there, and that's why I'm not really too afraid of Golden State. They they the Celtics match up very well against them. They have in the past, even even the Bridgie teams of uh, Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford and Jay Crowder and all those boys. They hey, gave them problems, and baby, and hey, and. And now they have a much more talented team. They're they're as motivated as ever. They want to win. I just think this is a team that that not many teams are going to beat. And I could be eating my words this series because it's still one, it's still tied one one, and the Bucks are a really tough out. And Giannis is tough to shut down. As Max mentioned, Giannis had four points going into halftime. What did he I finish with? Twenty eight. Oh, he finished with a lot. 
that's enough to say. Yeah. A lot. Too much too much to count. Still the t- the team collectively only 89 points. Uh but you, Max, you have any other thoughts before we before uh before the segment ends here? Yeah, I enjoyed your argument with the Warriors. However, I think a coach can make the biggest difference on the planet, right? Steve Kerr's system, he gets all the players to buy in. He can make pool look like an experienced vet. Same way with Ime Udoka. His coaching system is we get everything good on defense and let our offense go naturally after that. Look at what he transformed into the Celtics. Jason they Tatum. sucked at the beginning of the year. It sucked. Terrible. And then halfway through the year, I think all the players aired their grievances with that. And we basically got our championship team together with Horford and Tice. All those guys back. Derek White, he's been terrible in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I want San Antonio Spurs Derek White, the one who baptized Paul Millsap. Okay? (laughs) I want that Derek White, not the Derek White who's running and just not looking like what he's doing like a sore thumb. Thanks, Ben Simmons, for showing up in that costume and playing Call of Duty 23 hours a day on Discord, according to your friends. But, yeah, I think Suns, Warriors – are the upper echelon teams in the East. It'll be those two in the Western Conference Finals. I'll give it to the Suns. I'll give it to the Suns. More depth. They've been to the Finals recently. And those guys have played together collectively, 1 through 15, compared to the Warriors. And I think the Celtics can get out. We have experience compared to the newer teams in the East. Mm-hmm. The Bucks have to adjust without Chris Middleton. The Heat, they have Kyle Lowry. They have a resurging Tyler Hero off the bench. And with other teams such as Milwaukee and Heat, no, I already mentioned them. But with the other teams that I haven't mentioned, us, the Celtics, we have gelled for quite a few years now. And I think we're the team to beat in the East. 100%. Yep. Can we, can we a- talk about Philly Al Horford, though? Can we talk about how bad of an experiment that was? Making, him a, corner, making him a corner three-point shooter and then turning him to OKC and he increased his value? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's any year the Celtics do it, it's this year. Out of all the years that they've been that they've been borderline playoff team going being the three seed and going to the going to the conference finals and then losing in six to the Heat in those years where you take you know where you take LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers seven, those bridgy Celtics teams that I like to call. Uh, with Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Kyrie. this is the year. If you don't, if they don't do it now, they're not going to do it ever. They, because then, at this point, if they lose, if they lose now with them dialed in like this, players are going to start tuning out. Jason Tatum's going to say, "You know what? I should just go play play with somebody else, form a super team somewhere." No, Jalen Brown's going to say, "Are you drunk? What? What? What do you mean? They, he's made the conference finals three out of four years in the league." And has and has nothing to show for it. Okay, and he who did he have around him? He played LeBron in his rookie year, Jason, the, the year and around. baptized him. He Sent him in around. the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you're gonna say he's pissed? He was. He's been given Jalen Brown, Jalen uh, Brown, who he's had uh, to build Al, up and work with. Al Horford, Kemba, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving. Kemba sucked None here. Kyrie kind of sucked here and was injured for a full season out of the two. Kyrie was really good. Oh, he not was just no, he was just not a he was, was just not a functional. It was, he was just, just a very, very bad chemistry player. And Ka- and Kemba kind of got screwed over by injuries. When yeah. he first got here, he was awesome. Oh, and then yeah, after that, 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 he sort of he's, after he, the 
Age killed him. Age and injuries killed him. Still but pissed it, we it, took – we didn't trade Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner in a first. And, I, they had, and they had Gordon Hayward. For – They had Gordon Hayward. For a year and a half. For a, a year. He had trouble getting being – he had trouble staying healthy, but when he did get healthy and was dialed in, he was pretty good. I but think you counted on this guy to be a leader and one of your best guys right from the second he stepped on the court, and he stepped mm. up. He led this team to the to the conference finals his first year. Complete rookie, right? Marcus Smart was horrid at offense back then. Jalen Brown was just getting into himself. He was only a second-year player. Al Horford was better than he was now. I'll give you that. And I can't name a single other player on that team that was in there. Mark, we had, I remember with the Celtics, we Marquise had Morris or Marcus tank Morris. Commanders, tank commanders, Morris and Rogier. Remember hey, scary, hey, don't you disrespect Scary Terry. Game one not, Scary Terry was a goon. Drew Bledsoe was his son. Hey, that was just what the Celtics fans called him. I loved Scary Terry, okay? Terry Rozier averaged what 13 points per game and just balled out this and that's playoff. The, we would, that's we, the point I'm making. We would we would have not been where we were at now without him. If it wasn't for Terry Rozier. Terry okay. Rozier balled out, got it for Kemba. Kemba, little did you know, didn't work out to now. But with the Celtics and the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown thing, they're only 23, 24 years old. They're only they're not even into their prime yet. And they are still figuring it out as the main one and two guy. I wouldn't be mad. And I understand it's a weird thing to say. I wouldn't be too mad. And I think our future will be better even if we lose this year. Grant Williams can be an MIP next year. And I have a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. Hey, hear me out. If Grant Williams gets everything going, he, get, he gets more minutes and he hits the threes like he's doing now, count me in with the defense. Tyrese Halliburton, he could potentially be an all-star next year, looking at he's with the Pacers. But, man, talking about the Celtics now compared to talking about them a few months ago, it's like we did a complete 180. It, no, it, 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 it was a complete 180. All I'm saying is I, I just – I just think it's been it's been too long of a rebuild, and I think some of the some of the star players, especially the young the young superstars, the Jalen Browns and Jason Tatum's of the world, are going to get impatient. The more times you fall you fall short, and the team is the team has gotten to the conference finals. They can't get over the hump, and it's not like they haven't it's not like they haven't been surrounding the team with the team with talent. They've they they and it's very rare for the Celtics to to land stars in free agency. And the team managed to get Gordon Hayward. They managed to get Kemba Walker. They managed to get Al Horford twice. Actually, they got him to come back. Not and eh, not that not that Al Horford was all that much coming back. He's a good defender, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm. I, they need to win it this year. They just need to. I, I'm just uh, – clock is ticking. The player movement is only getting worse around the league, and I just think eventually Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to get impatient, and they're going to eventually want out if they can't win a championship with Boston. And this is the year to do it. If they can't do it now, they might never do it. I'm really, I'm really worried about that. Adam, let's, let's just move on to football because obviously you have better takes in football than you do basketball. I'm just trying to save you the embarrassment here, my friend. All right. Well, there you have it. There's my take on, on basketball. You guys heard me for the first time now talking some football with Max basketball. Cates, the actual football, uh, the, uh, the basketball expert, and Robert, who knows, who knows his stuff about 
basketball as well. But all right, Max, thank you so much for joining us. We'd love getting your insight on the NBA playoffs and the Celtics. It's going to be, uh, I'd love to have you on again and to, to really actually collab next time uh, with my podcast and yours, get, uh, get your co-host on and everything. It'd be great. I had a, hey, I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. Robert, Adam, great talking NBA with you guys. Hey. Celtics in four every day, every day. You already know what time it is. Exactly. And, and I'm pretty uh, sure he was flipping me off under the table when I said <laughs> anything about Kyrie Irving being on the Celtics. Me? Hey, Kyrie said I'll stay Max. here and then he dipped. <laughs> All right, but it was good talking to you, my man. Great talking to both of you. Enjoy the All rest right. of your podcast, and I'll see you guys around, man. Peace. Thanks, Max. All right, that was Max. That was Max Cates, Eurostep Hoops. Go check him out. He's on his he has his own YouTube channel. Go check it out. He knows his stuff about basketball to a science. Uh, but coming up next, we have we're going to talk about Ryan Tannehill and what he said about the new kid coming into that quarterback room. We'll hit hit on that next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast, Power 88 fan and fans only sports network. I'm Adam Wright, special guest Robert Shelley. Last segment, we talked a lot about basketball with Max Cates. In fact, for 30 minutes, we talked lot. about it. That was a long time, but we covered a lot. Good conversation. What are you, what are you do? I told you, Matt, Max knows his stuff about, about basketball. And if you guys yeah, haven't sure. already, go check out his channel. Go subscribe. He knows his stuff. Eurostep Hoops. I believe that's what it is. Um, but yeah, now on to the main event, which is our football show. And so we do have a couple things to hit on, which is also the international games have been announced. We'll get to that next. And then we're uh, right now we are going to hit on Ryan Tannehill, uh, the Titans quarterback. He's a, he is a veteran and he was asked during during a press conference on the idea of mentoring the new quarterback who was drafted in the third round by the Titans, Malik Willis. And he said that he's not really there. He doesn't feel like he's there to uh, mentor the player. He's He feels like he's more just competing with, with him and he doesn't want to mentor him, which was a little bit interesting to be able to say that actually, you know, kind of in front of everybody on a, in a press conference, you, you, you really do. You get the feeling sometimes that players don't want to, you get the feeling that they don't want to mentor the young guy, the young kid coming in to possibly replace them, but they never actually say it at a press conference. And he did, which was interesting. And he's getting a lot, he's getting a lot of criticism for it. And it's been, it's the media has blown up about it. And there was, there was one time, I think it was LaShawn McCoy. He went out and he said, like, look, 
You don't have to, you don't have to always be a mentor, but don't do that. And also call yourself a team, a good teammate. Why? It's, it's quite simple because let's say Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill gets hurt and Malik Willis has to come out there. God, God forbid he doesn't know what he's doing. Hopefully he know he's prepared enough to be able to go out there and he probably would have loved your love to have your mentorship to help with to help with the team winning because that's what it's all about at the end of the day especially regarding football it's about the team and if Malik Willis has to go out there for a game and help you win a game you better help you better believe you better hope that he actually he's actually he knows what he's doing and he didn't need your mentorship mentorship but he probably could have used it that's all that's kind of my basic take, but Robert, what do you think about it? Oh, I got to say, Ryan Tannehill is a hoe. Okay, that's first of all. First and foremost, right, you get the new kid coming to town. Everybody, every Tennessee fan that I know has been saying, I want Tannehill out. He is a good player, but not at that Super Bowl winning caliber level. He is not there. He doesn't have the expertise in the playoffs. He doesn't have the leadership qualities. He doesn't have anything like that. So the best you can do is just when they draft your replacement, you know he's not replacing you first year. Your contract, his contract's two more years, correct? Yeah, I believe I believe so. I'll look up. I'll look up the uh, the. I'll look up the the details of his contract, but continue while but I, I while know. I search. He's he's good for this year. Nobody is saying that Malik Wills is going to take his job year one. But in 2023, it becomes exponentially cheaper for the Titans to just fire Ryan Tannehill, to just get him out of town. So doesn't it make sense that they would draft a project high upside quarterback who fell to the third round, who maybe should have been taken around late first round, but no team took him till the third round. So a high project guy falls to you. Maybe you can develop him for a year and then cut your meh quarterback in a year when it becomes extremely cheaper to cut him, and then you run with the new guy. It just made too much sense for Tennessee to pass up on. It was a great pick by them. So if you're Tannehill, what you do is you mentor the guy, prove that you are a great team player and a good leader. You mentor the guy through the year, but you put up good enough numbers to not warrant the Titans to release you, and either you get one more year and you finish out your contract, or you get traded. Either way, you still have a high upside to you. If you go out there this year and you crap the bed, you're going to find yourself Baker Mayfield style. It's that simple. So the best thing you can do right now, just mentor the kid, say, yeah, I like him. He's got good upside, blah, 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 blah. I'm still the starting QB right now, but this kid's going to get his time. That's the best thing you can do right now. Yeah, sure. That's that's kind of, you know, it's like Ryan it's it, the problem is it's Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill is not that like even like I I think he really showed his true colors during his Miami days. He was just kind of okay. He was a above barely above average starting quarterback, arguably average. But he had, he and, had Adam Gase as QB, okay? As his, his, as his head coach, as head coach, yeah. Either way, he the 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 difference in talent that he's gone from going from Miami into uh in uh to Tennessee is is astronomical. Night and day. It's a complete. It's a massive difference. Night and day, and 
the and the issue and the issue is it's an they he's working and he's not exactly the center of the center of attention that offense the, the the focal point of that of that offense is the running game it's a run first offense their only the only reason he's been solid is because it's he's kind of if, and to soft. put it into yeah he's it, like to put it in basketball terms he's an off ball player he's he like he's he's just limiting his mistakes yeah and it's all he's got like, to do he doesn't need to be a superstar he doesn't need to be a Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes. He just needs to be Ryan Tannehill, and he's he's failing at that in clutch situations. Exactly. He threw three picks. I mean, what else? <laughs> in, in in his defense, what else, what are you going going to mentor him about besides throwing three three interceptions in a in a playoff game? Hey, you but, see you see that five yard check down. No matter what, that is your first route. That's not true. That's he, about it. He, that because he because. He when he does take the shots, he does hit them because no he, he's had a because he's had AJ Brown in the past and no Julio. Yeah, it's nope. a five yard check down to whoever the hell their tight end is, whose name. I yeah, but Julio remember. was washed. Julio, Julio was, was washed. washed, and they do have they do have Robert Woods now, and they got they got they this like new Thomas. kid who's theoretically same play style, same build. He's th- theoretically the second coming of AJ Brown. So if they get that back. And you still have Robert Woods, then you possibly have something. But yeah. the the problem with this team is, you know, it's just I, you're only going to go as far as the quarterback allows you to. And Ryan Tannehill is just not it. I've just never believed in Ryan Tannehill. He's been able to be he's re, he's rejuvenated his career a little bit in in Tennessee. But you're not fooling anybody. We all know that this offense, you're only you're only good because of the system. You're mm-hmm. running this offense runs through Derrick Henry. And you could see it was night and day that this team, and I you know what I will give them credit, Tennessee credit. Once Derrick Henry went down, they were able to manage the they were able to manage the roster a little bit to be able to get to retain that number one seed. I but, said they wouldn't. I was wrong. I was on this show. I was on the show saying they would suck without Derrick Henry in those final four weeks. I was wrong. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't believe in them either. I didn't believe in them with Ryan Tannehill. But that's another story to be to to be told. But mm-hmm. regardless, I don't know Ryan Tan. And it's it's Malik Malik Willis has some potential. But in this draft class, if you have a quarterback, especially when he's drafted in the third round, in this quarterback draft class, there's not really that much to be insecure about. Uh-huh. And the fact that Ryan Tannehill is showing his insecurity, it tells you something. Tells you something. And did you hear about how he had to go to mental, had to go to therapy, um, to because that because that loss in the playoffs haunted him. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that he went to take care of his mental health. That's good. Mm-hmm. If he if and if he figures figures it out, great. But it kind of shows a little bit of insecurity that this quarterback, this guy drafted in the third round. No disrespect to Malik Willis. He should have been. But, he, he should have been a low first round, high second round guy. We can both. You agree think on so? Hundred percent. I disagree. I don't think I, any of the quarterbacks are worthy of it. I just don't I think mean, this was that good of a that good of a draft class. Yeah, but pick it to the Steelers made complete sense. I mean, that one was just a position. It was more position of need than going position of talent. Quarterback trumps all when it comes to position of need. If that's your of position of need, you need to reach. But Kenny Pickett, I believe, was a good pick for the Steelers. He he won't start over. Um, who did they get? Uh, Trubisky. You know, sometimes but week, I disagree. Week seven, week seven, they're going to switch it up, and 
Sure. You know, sometimes I, di- I disagree sometimes about p- position of need. Sometimes if, if the best, pl- if the best player available is not in that position of need, then don't address that position, address the best player available, roll with Mitch but- Trubisky for a year or two. And then once that, pl- once that one quarterback, that quarterback Messiah comes, comes around for, for Pittsburgh, then you jump on him. But this is a this is an this is a quarterback draft that I would have stayed away from. And if you're if you're committing to a quarterback, if you are committing to a quarterback, you you you're usually committing three years, unless you're Arizona and you and you just drafted Josh Rosen. Um, if you must to the Giants and dedicate five to Danny Derp. Yeah, exactly. Danny Derp. You're, that's a commitment. And to just to just to just commit to just anybody, just let's look at this quarterback draft. They, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't like it. And I knew, I knew the Panthers were really desperate, desperate for a quarterback. I applaud them for going offensive line instead, because if they went with Malik Willis or uh, Kenny Pickett, that wouldn't have been the best, the best choice. I just don't, I think it, it's just not going to work out. I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to work out for them. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But either way. He should have been. He should have been. Malik Will should have been in that area. Gets taken in the third round. You just get that to fall into your lap. It reminds me so much of 2011 Seattle. Was it 2011? It's 2011, right? Yes. Russell's drafted. Yeah, just falls into your lap. They had oh, what was his name? Who's the QB of Seattle? Uh, I I have his name on the top of my head. Matt Hasselback. Yep. They have Hasselback as their guy. Their guy, but they know Hasselbeck isn't good enough to lead them. So you give Hasselbeck one more year to mentor. We the want kid. the ball, and we're gonna score. Oh, Matt Hasselbeck, you beautiful dumbass. He, yeah, Matt Hasselbeck was never the answer. But that that's the same situation repeated eleven years later, and you can't tell me otherwise. Plus, 11. Malik Willis has Wasn't kind of. Taken- a- when was when was when Third was round. Matt Hasselbeck taken? No, like um, not not in the draft, but like what year? Because I thought it was like early two thousands. And eleven years ago was like was two thousand eleven. No, no, I'm talking about Russell two. Wilson being drafted with Matt Hasselbeck. Russell Wilson, being okay, the guy. okay, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're Russell right. Wilson was drafted in the third round, fell into Seattle's lap. Matt Hasselbeck was the guy, but it didn't take long for Russ to prove that he was able to take over the reins. Then after the next year in 2012, when Russ was able to take over things completely changed for him, right? It's the perfect situation. It's history repeating itself. Sure. But wasn't the, wasn't the 2011 quarterback draft a little bit better than this one? I mean, Ru- uh, Russell Wilson compared to Malik Willis. Didn't, didn't Tebow go number one overall? Yeah, there's, well, there's, you're always going to have those, that one douchebag <laughs> yeah. who's taken. And I, I guess Tebow isn't a douchebag, but there's douchebags no. who are, who are complete jocks. Coming out of college, the number one draft picks. This, this they don't have their head anything. screwed on straight, and then they want they wind up being complete stiffs when they get to the the NFL. And, yeah, did that remind and, you of anything? And Tim Tebow, nice guy, good guy, and he he's he's he prays before games. That's awesome. I love it. I love I love your you know having your pro, having pride in your religion, and um he's just not that a, he's just not a good. Co- not a good quarterback. Not a good. He NFL won that one playoff game, though. That was that was awesome for Denver. I'll say people still talk about that to this day in Denver. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would. This I is would, a sad town, Adam. Didn't they win a court? Didn't they? They've been to two Super Bowls since then, and that's what they talk about. 
They, I've still seen people talk about the Tebow touchdown in the playoffs, saying that's what changed the game for Broncos football. It it didn't, but I'll I'll give it to them. It was it was a great win for them. They got their mm-hmm. they got their doors blown off the next week in New England, but you know it. it I'll I'll give it to them. Sure, it was a good win. You can you can at least point that out. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, but that was like the lone Team Tebow highlight in his in NFL career. When you show highlights from Tim Tebow's NFL career, you just show that that one highlight. Just show that one play. Um, all right. Well, uh, coming up, we're going to talk about international uh, NFL games, five of them being announced, not all in London. There's a few of them in other places. We're going to get to that next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. I'm Adam Wright. Special guest, Robert Shelley of the Pesky Poll Podcast. So, international games have been announced. Their dates and times. And I, I'm i going to give you all of the games. So, first one, Vikings-Saints on October 2nd, 9.30 a.m. Giants-Packers, October 9th, 9.30 a.m. Broncos-Jacksonville Jaguars, 9.30 a.m. October 30th. And that's also in London. Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Bucks. That is going to be in Germany. 9.30 a.m. November 13th. 49ers, Cardinals in Mexico City. 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on November 21st. So, Robert, what are your overall thoughts about these international games? What do you think about them? I enjoy them having a few more international games, especially where... The, N- the NFL is only one game a week, so you're able to have some time to travel. So I enjoy expanding the market into London, into Mexico, now into Germany. I mean, what other countries really love for? I would say maybe Australia could be a point of destination at some point. Get a game up in Montreal, Toronto, somewhere there. But I do enjoy the NFL expanding themselves and going in different places. By the way, just so um, just so we're clear about the last segment, something that you you ended before I could say this, the yep. quarterbacks drafted in 2011. I was wrong; it wasn't Tebow, or was it Tebow? I don't know. But this says Jake Locker, Colin Kaepernick, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Christian Ponder, and Blaine Gabbert. Those yeah, were so never never mind that that's a cold take. I didn't I didn't look at I didn't look at the the draft class before I before I opened my mouth. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, so maybe do... there could be a diamond in the rough, but it, it, I, the way I also look at it is how they're, how they're valued going into that draft. Right. And mm-hmm. were they, were they, were those quarter? I mean, one of them was taken number one overall, but we, I want to stick, I want to stick to the, this topic here. So uh, are you, are you, are you done with your take? I'll yeah, go. no, I just wanted to say it before we moved on. All right. But yeah, along with the international games, I do enjoy the NFL going more international. I mean, they have to do the games the in the NFL morning. Too. 
they have to do the games in the morning here because, I mean, over there it's going to be, you know, 6, 7 o'clock at night. That's going to be 7.30 a.m. games over here in Denver. So I will not be awake watching those football games, I'll say that. But there will be a lot of diehard Broncos fans out here who will be up early, early in the morning to watch their team whoop on Jacksonville in London. So one thing I look at it, the one. so my initial thoughts on this is, to be honest, it, it is great. It is, it is all fine and good. That they're expanding their markets, getting getting the game out, getting the game of foot of American football out to other countries and show and showing what we have because this is a this is a great sport. Kind of in the same way that that we're just sort of kind of getting used to lacrosse, which mm-hmm. is actually I, I've call, and I've called a few games for nope. college. They're actually nope. it's actually Can't a fun sport. That. No, you no, you need not. to watch it. You no, just it need to you just need to check it out. Watch I it. I have, but either it sucks. Either way, let me finish. Let me just finish. Baseball is 10 times take. better. My people Yeah, know. I agree. Pesky Pole Podcast Station, y'all already know. All right, 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 all right. So the the issue, the thing is, me sitting here selfishly as a football fan, I really, I just don't care. I want, besides the fact that it's, I wake up as somebody who's on the East Coast, it's going to be at 930 Eastern time for most of these games until Mexico City. That's the only thing I like about it. It's just, you know, you roll out of bed and there's football. That's what I like. And it's, it's all, I'm not saying it's not a great thing that we're, we're expanding and getting off, getting off to other, other areas to, to introduce this game to other people. But I just, I, I just, I don't care. I don't care about that. I, I care about waking up early in the morning uh, at nine 30, right before church and seeing football. Getting to but watch. You're going to be in church while the game's going on. What's that? You're going to be in church while the game is going on. The, well, church here starts at ten. So while I'm getting ready for church, and it's only like ten minutes away, so I'll get ready for church. I'll, I'll go over there, and sometimes I'll do a couple. So you'll watch. You, you'll you'll watch twenty. Volu- minutes of the football. volume's down. It's muted. <laughs> Pathetic. But no, that's that's the way it is for a regular Sunday here in Denver, right? These people. We wake up on Sunday morning. Some of us all say go to church. We enjoy actually a lot of people go to church. It might just be because it's a bigger town, but a lot of people go to church here on a Sunday morning in Denver. We all go to church, spend our Sunday, send our Sunday mornings praising the good Lord. And then 11 a.m. is when we start up with football and we just get home from church. You sit on the couch, you unbutton your belt. Someone in the house makes you a good meal and you're just watching football all day. Until like eight o'clock at night. It's beautiful. Exactly. From nine thirty Eastern time until uh until until what? Not even eight. Like like till like, ten. Till like ten. You're just sitting there watching football. And that's what I love about it. That's what I love. That's what I and I'm just talking about me. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not a – like I said, I don't want people to get offended being like, why? well, don't you care about people outside the country learning about our game? Of course I care. Well – now I'm now I'm contradicting myself. Uh, maybe I'm just I just the, this it, is what it just this is how that it much benefits, of an impact on you. This you is more... how it benefits me. Yes, that's what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about these international games and this Mexico City game. Sure, again, this, this is the 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 league is very rarely in Mexico. I think it, they've been in a couple times, right? But mm-hmm. like, it's it doesn't really matter too much to me because it's. 
it's a primetime game. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just again, I just I just don't care. I just care that I'm getting my football and I'm getting my morning. I'm getting games in the morning. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. This is this is it's great in that se- in that sense. Um, it, another takeaway I want to give to give to this is the game, the quality of the matchups that we have. The first one is Minnesota Vikings, New Orleans Saints. Okay, fair. That'll be a good uh, I think matchup. The, I think the Vikings are going to be a competitive team this, this year. I have them winning the division, by the way. Um, and the are, New Orleans Saints could be competitive. Adam, I think I think they drinking? have a chance. What's up? Are you drinking? It's it's six o'clock on a Thursday. Are you okay? It's Cinco de Mayo, buddy. Oh, touche. All I'm right, not Adam, I, I'm not drinking, but I should be. Don't don't listen to anything that Adam is saying. He is slightly inebriated at the moment. So the so you you were telling me so what 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 part of it the the New Orleans Saints being competitive or the Minnesota Vikings being winning, the, winning division. the division? Yes, I, I yes part. I have them winning the division. And once again, I will say you are either smoking something, which I don't, I know you, I don't believe that's true, or you've been, you know, hitting them Steve Weisers a little bit too much. I'm telling the the Vikings, top to bottom, have more talent than the the Green Bay Packers. Mm-mm. Uh, all I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this out there: the Detroit Lions, if they start David Blau, they're winning the division. All right, all right. Um, maybe you need to, you, maybe you need to, to, to lay off the drinking. Um, then the next matchup after this, this is green Bay Packers, New York giants. Now the green Bay Packers, this isn't even going to be a route because I, again, I'm not a big, I'm not a big believer on the green Bay Packers this year. Their defense has gotten better than it, than it did last year. They addressed that in the draft. Um, but the giants, the giants are just Ugh. Yeah. And the Green like Bay. Like I said, Danny Dirk. The Giant, the Giants and Packers. Like this won't even be a route. Like the Packers w- aren't good at they don't have good enough offense to just destroy this Giants team. The score's so gonna just, be 31 to 7. The only reason I will be tuning into this game is for fantasy football. So and like it's the same thing with and not really, Vikings Saints will be fun. Adam, um, there's nobody, there's nobody on the on the Giants that you're gonna have on your fantasy team. That's like a last round guy, but no one on that team deserves to be on a fantasy team. Maybe Darius Slayton, Kenny not, Galladay. We, no, we, not Galladay. We need to we need to stick to. I, I, there's plenty to get out of this, but let's stick to the the narrative of these international games. But uh, Denver Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars. The, the Broncos have had a very nice off season. Obviously, the the cherry on top was getting Russell Wilson, but Jacksonville. Now, at first, I didn't mind their draft, and I I still hate their pick of drafting Trayvon Walker. Maybe he works out, maybe he doesn't, but he's only taken for his athleticism and not actually because he was a good player in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jackson, like Jacksonville, I was also looking at Devin Lloyd. Some some reports about Devin Lloyd post post draft. I so me and CJ we really wanted Devin Lloyd on our team, and we were disappointed when we didn't get him. And we had a chance to take him. Bill Belichick drafted back, traded back. <coughs> Excuse me. Then you looked at it, and Je- and um, there's there's reports after the draft that saying that Devin saying that Devin Lloyd, uh, Devin Lloyd actually um, has has a major attitude problem, and he had some horrible meetings with with teams. So both of their first round draft picks could wind up being busts. Not to say that Devin Lloyd couldn't be a freak, but 
He's not a good team player, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be wrong but based on the reports. At, up next, we have Seattle Seahawks versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers are going to be a Super Bowl contender, but the Seattle Seahawks will not be a Super Bowl contender. Five this is team. a lopsided, uh, lopsided matchup that I will only be tuning into for fantasy football purposes and to watch Tom Brady throw touchdown passes. As we do as Patriots fans. Exactly. I love I love me some Tom Brady. No matter um, what. Here's here's my favorite matchup for and this is probably the only matchup that I is actually legitimately worth watching. You have the San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals. That's this still is even a match- be a route. What's that? That's gonna be a beating. I don't Wait, what week so. is it in? It's later in the season, right? November twenty first. So like yeah. al- it's almost December at this point. Yeah. So the so that's like week. 11, I want to say, somewhere around there? Around there. But I, lo- I like this matchup. I think the 49ers are, are going to be a very good team. And I think the Arizona Cardinals have gotten better. And th- this is this is going to be a point where DeAndre Hopkins is back, but DeAndre he's also not going to be on the same page as Kyler Murray. I don't think he's going to play as big a role as people will think early on. And, uh, hit, and watch for the connection between Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray being good buddies in college. They had a great connection back then. And now, and apparently the Arizona Cardinals really liked him when they were visiting to watch Kyler Murray. And obviously both of them were first round picks. They weren't able to get, they weren't able to get both and they needed a replacement for Josh Rosen. But I like, I like this matchup for both teams. I think this is, this is a game that could go either way, especially Mm -hmm. if Trey Lance turns out to be the real deal, which he could be because everybody all of his teammates, coaches, and everyone is saying this guy is the real deal. Once he is, um, he he was a project coming out of college, and but you have another year on, under his belt, another year with NFL trainers and coaching. I think this guy could be could be something. Um, but that's the only like really the the matchups are kind of meh, lopsided. Yeah, we don't have any good like I I don't know something like. Buccaneers and um, and Bills, or like a Chiefs and Bills rematch, or something along those lines. Like we got yeah. nothing. We got nothing of that sort. But again, like most of these games, I'm only going to be tuning in for 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 fantasy football purposes, and or or if like, and I'm I'm talking about all fans, or if you're a Saints fan or a Jaguars fan or a fan of the team who's going to be playing, They're, those still exist. Uh, well, I thought all those left in 2018. Saints, Saints fans exist. Come on, Bare, barely. They exist. They, they're, they from like the they heart have, of they the have some, they have some passionate fans. They, they have some passionate fans. I'll give them that much. Jaguars fans, you might have a point there. They might have a solid 10 fans. Um, and if you are, if you are a Jaguars fan, come forward, and we want, we would like to take you in for studying. We would, uh, we would like to give you a hug and say it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> they 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 really might have just butchered both of their both of their first round picks. 100%. Um and I hope I'm wrong. I mean I I love seeing draft picks work out, but but it's the Jags. It's not looking too good. Like All right, even, coming... even the Giants had a good draft. If the Giants had a good draft, everybody should have a good draft. And the Giants there just fell into a lap. They didn't even need to do anything special. They just didn't need to screw it up and they didn't. And I'm yeah. so happy for them. Same thing with the Jets. 
Sauce Gardner is a slam dunk at number four. If they, mm-hmm. the only reason, the only way they would screw it up is either if somebody else before him takes took Sauce Gardner and you'd be forced to take Derek Stingley, or Which is still a good pick. What's that? Still a good pick. Still a good, but I like Sauce more. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's another conversation to be had. But we do have to move on for time. Um, we're going to get. We're going to talk about Robert Shelley's Red Sox. And that's going to be his guest segment. We talked about Max's talking about the NBA. We're going to go on, on to baseball and talk a little bit of that. That is next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumbaruski podcast. I'm Adam Wright and with, with special guest Robert Shelley. As I mentioned before, Robert is the host of the Pesky Poll podcast, which is a podcast about the MLB and, well, mainly the Red Sox, but he also talks about all things uh, baseball. And the Red Sox have had, had some fairly high expectations, not too high, but they they were they were supposed to be in the mix this season. So far, what are they? Ten and fifteen, mm-hmm. around there. So, somewhere around there. Um, but I want to and I haven't been on your show in a little while to talk socks with you, Robert. But why don't you just give your overall take? Try to be a little quick because we don't have too much time. Yeah, I'll keep I'll you, keep it to under take five about minutes. The Red Sox and the AL East. But to basically sum it up, the Red Sox kind of suck right now. Going into this year, we had a lot of high hopes overperformed last year. We're expecting the same thing, if not better this year. Um, All you need to know is our leading player in war right now for my red, for my Michael Waka fans out there is Michael fricking Waka. Waka. Now I wouldn't be surprised if you said to your, you know, phone or laptop or whatever you're watching this on or listening to this on right now saying that dude's still alive. The last I heard that name was in 2013. Yes. He is still alive. He played for the Rays last year and now jumped over to the Red Sox this year. He's actually been doing very well. I am very impressed with Michael Waka. But still, screw Michael Waka. Our top Come three on. leaders in war are, like I said, Waka, Bogarts, and then Garrett Whitlock. And as much as I love Garrett Whitlock and he is a goon, that man, we, we have so much talent on our team that he should not be a top three guy in war. Our batting average this year, atrocious. Everything has just gone downhill. We are not just getting beat. We are getting bent over and thrown over the kitchen sink. We have a 20% chance to make the playoffs when we just made it to the ALCS. You're putting the Red Sox in a porno. You, you can, you can say that. Yeah. That's yeah. They're, they're just not, they're just not the guy in said porno, but yeah, sure. You you know that, uh, you know, that certain meme where a, a, a young lady is, Sitting We're, on the no, couch. No, Adam. Adam. Surrounded Adam, by Adam. A bunch of big strong men. 
<laughs> Those big strong men is the entire is the entire American League. And oh, some in the National League. This this went downhill real fast. I didn't think this. Hey, you're the one who started with the with the sexual references. I'm just hey, hey driving them home. Bent over the kitchen sink can be taken in a lot of ways, okay? You're the one who just flat out said it's a What do you think out. it means? What what other what other indication could you make it? They're bent over Maybe. and and cutting some onions. Try. Trying, They're bent yeah, over and cleaning to, the dishes. Trying to fix the sink. Yeah, you, you bent over know. and trying to fix the sink. Yeah, getting you, you st- then know. getting stuck in the sink. No, no, Adam. Adam. He's a call step, bro. Adam, stop. <laughs> you started this. All right, I think I think it's my time to leave. All right, I'm out. <laughs> Look, this Red Sox team, and I, I the and. This this mainly goes this the the main reason this Red Sox team I have seen has been that they've been below 500, uh, you know, not as good as they should be is their offense. Their offense has been underperforming tremendously. Their main their prized acquisition, Trevor Story, has been a massive bust so far. Very I mean, slow start. Give it, it's in been three weeks, but yes. It, it's early, but very slow start for Trevor Story in his and stint with Boston. And uh, by the way, your guy, uh, your current shortstop, Xander Bogarts, very unhappy, very likely on his way out, and he's been best player on that offense. By far. And so the so the 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 thought that Trevor Story is replacing Xander Bogarts in the offense is scary. Mm-hmm. Not not just coming for this season, but next season as well. Hey, and um, I like can, the idea on, of on. Trevor Story I, coming in. I just need to tell you something real quick. Um, What's up? Your your favorite Red Sox, French Cordero, has played three games. That's how you mm. know it's bad. That's right. It's Franchi Cordero has played three games. Franchi, for those of you who don't know, I've been on Robert's show a lot. I dump on this, and if you guys don't know too much about baseball, um, Franchi Cordero is kind of a 4A player. He's been up and down in the minor leagues, just coming up, playing a few games, and usually it's only a few at bats, but Franchi Cordero, he sucks. Hey, hey, he, he wasn't sucks. the center. He wasn't infi- the I'm center trying- point of that Benny trade. He wasn't He's- the center point. Right, my man, Mike. Yeah, Wisniewski. the center point was was Andrew Benintendi, and they should never have traded him in the first. No, place. the center point on the other side was Mike Wisniewski. Put some respect on his name. Sure. Sure. I, I don't just, I, we don't, I don't need to hear it right now. The Red Sox suck right now and I'm pissed because I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. So you guys have gotten to, gotten to hear me talk about not only my Celtics and the bas- and basketball, but also the Red Sox. The only thing I'm missing is talking about the Bruins and the Patriots. Patriots had a, sh- a terrible draft. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice save. It was a very, str- it was a very strange pick for their number one overall pick. To say the least, but be a Red Sox. Two years. What I will say about them, what I will say about them, and this was very unexpected, is their their starting rotation has been their bright spot. Michael Walker is probably their ace right now. Nathan Eovaldi is still is having a pretty good year, an ERA in the twos. Mm-hmm. Rich Hill has panned out. He's his ERA is in the twos. That's two of your three acquisitions from this offseason who, who did panned you just say out. Was also in the twos. Nathan Eovaldi. Yeah, Rich Hill, and Walker's in the ones right now. Uh, Rich Hill's a three seven one. Tanner Houck's a two four one. That's not true. That's not true. 
I, I actually I checked it. It 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 got lower today because he had an outing against um uh, against. Oh, did uh, they just play today? Okay. The okay. the Angels five innings, no earned runs. So that Ooh. that's gone down. Okay. So he's that. his ERA is in the twos. We don't talk um, about Nick Pavetta. We're not going to talk about Nick Pavetta, no, but uh, Sale's going to come back soon, and hopefully he'll make some sort of an impact. Even though his body's starting to become like sh- made of glass, mm-hmm. uh, and on top of that, pa- uh, what's his name? What is it? James Paxton. That's that was the guy who they got. Another player who's been good in the past. He could, and he he's yet to come back. And mm-hmm. if he pans out, they only they the, the way it looked, the way it worked over this off season for the Red Sox is what they, that they, they signed a bunch of pitchers who start, who have been starting in the past, who are good in the past, very good in, uh, starters in the past. They were throwing, they were throwing uh, turds at the wall and hoping something stuck. And with the and starting rotation it. that they, and with the starting rotation that they had, all they needed was a couple of them to pan out. They already have Waka. They already have Hill. Eovaldi's, Eovaldi's pitching as good as he's ever as he ever has. And looking at that, those that's a good top three, big three rotation. Sales still coming back. You still have Paxton who's coming back, and uh, Pivetta has to find himself, man. But and you also have Whitlock who's been starting as well. So that's a really good starting rotation that has been really good. And I will give Heim Bloom credit for that because back going, going even back to his Tampa Bay Rays days, he's always been good at finding pitchers. The offense has been lackluster, but that's the main reason this team has been just horrible. Yeah. Offense is gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna turn around. Don't get me wrong. And the bullpen, they didn't even have a plan going into the, going into the off season for the bullpen. Their, Their bullpen was praying. That Garrett Whitlock could play three innings a night every night, but now they're using him as a starter. Yeah, so that's that's the the issue. They want him to be. They want him to be. They want him to be a starter. It looks like, and I'm not. I'm not against it. Just the problem is now that you don't think so. No, I disagree. He's a closer. I disagree. I think he can be. I can. I think he can be whatever he wants. I think I. And I'm not and just saying that because he left me on red this offseason for getting another interview in. Oh yeah, you're you're just you, you're just biased. You don't like him. Hey, all you I want like to say is the last guy to leave me on red absolutely sucked with the Red Sox, and now he's at home with his wife and children, jobless. Screw well, you, Matt Andre East. Screw you. Well, now now you have Garrett Whitlock, who's potentially a who could potentially still, in the future be a superstar. He still league. came on the show, okay? I still have that, so I'm not rooting against Garrett Whitlock. I'm just saying I'm a little disappointed. Did you his... have the other guy who left you on red? You Which ju- one? Who you just mentioned? Never mind. Oh, Matt Andres. Um, no, he never came on the show. He just left me on red. All right, we he, are he... running very over. Yeah, call it very over. We I like to try and get it under an hour. We're at an hour twelve. But Man. I hope you guys liked all the we we talked about three different sports today, and this is this could be a little bit of what we get for this summer because I mean let's face it, there's not much to talk about in the NFL. We're gonna we're gonna get plenty out there, the our player rankings and everything like that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have some we're gonna collab with some other um, with some other other podcasts talking about some football and other sports. We're gonna get in. Uh, some of our guests will t- have them talk about their their favorite NFL teams, and we'll talk about that. So we're going to get some NFL content out. Just we'll mix in some other sports because that's the only way we're going to survive the summer. Hundred um, percent. But yeah, any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? 
All right. So just for the fans out there, thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you did enjoy my sexy voice as always, every time I'm on the show. As Adam said, it is Cinco de Mayo. So I will be out completely sober working tonight. Adam will call me at midnight Eastern time, barely hanging on for life while his I'm, girlfriend tries to hold hold his head up as he pukes into the toilet. I'm going to be drunk singing for you. I'll be like, Robert, you want to hear a song? Do you want to hear me sing Sweet Caroline? Dirty Water. <laughs> Boston, you're my home. Just Just so you guys know what I got planned for tonight. So God bless you guys. Thanks so much for listening. All right. Uh, so if you haven't already, go check out Robert Shelley's um, uh, his podcast. He used to have a co-host. Now it's just him riding solo. And uh, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good Red Sox show. So if you guys are diehard Red Sox fans, there's a, there's a little bit of a sample of what he does and how he kind of bashes my opinions whenever I'm on his, his show. Opinions are and terrible. Sorry. I'm I, I, I agree to disagree. So his opinions like goddamn. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think the Re- I think the Celtics are going to be good. Cut I think camera. they're going to be set. Cut the cameras. All right. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Also, be sure to follow our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage of the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.